This is the 7-Figure Agency Podcast. Discover the strategies and techniques to grow a highly successful and profitable digital marketing agency with your host, Josh Nelson. Hello, welcome. I'm super excited for today's session. Um, you know, as agencies, we're, we're all involved in what's going to move the needle for our client, right? What's going to move the needle for them from their website, from their content, from their SEO, from their Google Maps, from their pay-per-click, from the funnels, from their, you know, reputation management and everything in between. Um, in, in our agency, Plumbing and HVAC SEO, one of the key drivers is search engine optimization and Google Maps, right? And we found that when we've got that dialed in and we knock that out of the park for the client, they get great results. They stick around long-term. Um, and so I'm always looking for like, what's the, what's the secret solution? What's the ninja hack? What's the hidden strategy that we can put in place to drive better, more consistent organic results for our clients? Um, and I'm always looking at like, what are the newest tools? What are the newest resources? Who are the, the thought leaders that we want to reach out to? Um, and Lane Houck has been a long-term member of the Seven Figure Agency. He's part of the Elite Mastermind Group. Um, he, he's a personal friend. And his software, Signal Genesis, has been a game changer for us in terms of consistently getting our clients ranked in some of the most competitive markets across the country. Um, and so whenever I, I hear Lane's doing something new or he's got something new that he's rolling out or a new strategy that he can share, I'm eager to bring him in and kind of plug him into you guys so you can learn that strategy and implement it to get better results for your clients. Uh, so without further ado, uh, Lane, thanks so much for being on here. And I'm excited to hear some of the new strategies you have to share. Awesome. Thank you, Josh. Appreciate the uh, really uh, gracious and warm introduction. Really appreciate the partnership and um, it's just involvement that, that I have, I've had. And I, but really, the, our whole team has benefited um, just from being involved in the seven-figure agency, being around a great group of uh, colleagues and peers and, uh, and people who are even, you know, um, leading the way and people that we can learn from. Um, it's, you know, it's been, a, I mean, it's been like almost three years now. I think it seems like it's, uh, it's gone fast, but great, great uh, three years being in a seven-figure agency. I know all of you are probably feeling the same way. And, um, you know, without further ado, let's just jump in. I'm here to kind of do a little mix of things here. I have a, I have a pretty comprehensive Google Doc that I'm going to share with everyone at the end here today. I'm going to go through that Google Doc to start to generate, uh, maybe just at least seed the conversation today. But really what I want to do um, is answer any questions that you all may have, right? So there's, uh, if, you're, if you're providing SEO and uh, you're trying to figure out, you know, how can we do it better? You, know, you have some questions related to that, by all means, put them in chat. Um, and Justin will maybe help me kind of wade through those. I, I'd, I'd rather not talk for the whole time. I'd rather have it be interactive and have some questions. And um, the Google Doc will kind of go through much of what I'm going to just kind of, I'm going to highlight some of the things through that Google Doc, but you'll have all that at the end. I'll share it at, with everyone at the end. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm sure you'll find some value in that. Hopefully along the way today too, you guys will actually, um, you know, learn a couple of new things as well. So let me go ahead and share my screen. And uh, if you guys maybe just give me a thumbs up if you're uh, seeing the screen. All right, cool. Awesome. <clears throat> so I'm going to share this link with you guys here at the end. Um, I'm just going to start to go through this, but please, I'm going to re reiterate, uh, as I start going through this, um, if any, if, or if you have questions that you um, already have in mind that you'd like to discuss today, go ahead and throw those in chat and we'll begin to um, uh, hopefully earlier rather than later, get to some questions and start having some dialogue and maybe even have some people unmute themselves and 
we can just kind of go through it from there. So um, I'm going to read this introduction because it kind of just lays the table for what, what's, what's in here. And as you can see in this Google Doc, there are places you can just kind of quickly um, hyperlink to if you want to skip to one section or another um, after we've gone through this together today. So uh, below our various resources we have put together at Signal Genesis for our agency partners to assist them in maximizing their efforts and results in the SEO campaigns they are conducting for their own agency and clients. It is important to remember that there is no magic button for SEO. And even though our platform makes building brand authority, domain authority, and signal generation a lot easier and efficient, it still takes good strategy, quality content, and great on-page execution to succeed in today's highly competitive environment online. It also takes repetition and persistence to start generating lift and momentum in the SERPs. And that requires ongoing content to be created so that we can use that content to generate more signals. Um, I, I, there, was, there was kind of a lot there, but let me just say this, it takes repetition and persistence. I, I say that because we get a, a lot of questions, especially from newer, uh, either people who are newer at the SEO game or maybe newer to using our platform. And their question is, is how, you know, how, um, how quickly can I expect results? Or sometimes we'll get that, hey, I just did a press release and I didn't see anything happen. It just, you know, and I'll go in there and I'll look, well, you just did one press release. Um, or one article, you know, um, it's going to take some repetition and persistence, all right? It's not just going to happen quickly, and it really does take really good on-page execution. So uh, I know that especially when it comes to the organic, not the, not, not the map pack, we'll kind of break that down here in a few different ways today, but when it comes to organic, Google is heavily waiting on-page uh, signals. And so let me jump to this slide here. This is the latest from 2021. Uh, as you can see here in organic, 34% of the driver is on-page execution. So you have to get your on-page on your website that, you know, on-page execution correct, or you're just going to start to have problems. It's a, what I would call a faulty foundation. The website on-page execution is uh, the foundation of that website, really the foundation of that entire brand's presence online. And so as Google is crawling that website and, and, and looking at it, if you're on pages week, you're going to be missing a huge piece of the drivers for organic. So that's one reason why I mentioned on-page execution is important. And we're going to talk today about quality because quality has its roots in EAT. EAT's a big topic of today. And so <clears throat> I'll jump into that a little bit more here. I did want to say this too, because I think really when we're, one of the things that we get kind of um, frequently is, hey, I've got this campaign, it's kind of hard, or this, you know, this, this client, their, their map listing just seems stuck. You know, we all experience that as agencies, you do enough SEO, you're going to find, you're going to, you get a campaign, it's just kind of stuck. And you're trying to figure out what is it that I can do to unstuck this campaign. And I, I'll say this, all problems in SEO are a result of a deficiency in one or all of the following authority, quality, or signals, and in that order. And signals really will, will, re, re, will help with building uh, authority. So um, relevance signals, engagement signals, trust signals, link signals, those all really feed upwards to quality and authority. So, but you, you know, if you, if you have a campaign that's stuck, uh, you're going to look in one of these three areas. Uh, if you really got a, you know, you got a, you can't, do, you can't do much about authority today other than generate more signals today and tomorrow to keep generating and building more authority for tomorrow. 
So that's why signals is last. So if you've got authority and quality kind of nailed on your website and you know you've got quality content, you've got quality on page, then it really is just a matter of more and more signal generation. And you can actually increase that um, uh, to just keep building more authority. But I often find that there's a, often an issue with quality um, on the website or an on page or quality links or maybe all of the above. So look at quality because quality is a key component of each. In this doc, I'm not going to really go through them right now, but I do have links to some of the research and writing tools that I use and that I've taught my staff to use um, when we're um, when we're doing the SEO or the writing for uh, for other agency clients. Um, but the number one tool that I use is Google search results. And I say that there, read that again. There is nothing better than Google to tell you what Google wants to rank and what Google is liking. So don't, you know, I think people too often overlook. I use the search results for many different ways. Uh, and and a, and a number of these ways are kind of buried within this overall document. And I'll kind of point some of those out as we go through. I do use SEM Rush, not Ahrefs. I know there's this big debate. I, 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 I gave SEM Rush a very hard time and even tagged them and they actually responded to me. I tagged them on Facebook because their pricing was messed with again. And, um, but it's a really, really great tool and it is expensive. But uh, if you're going to do SEO in any kind of level, you've got to have a tool like SEM Rush or something like it where you can track search results. You can use it for intelligence and competitive intelligence, keyword intelligence, things like that. I love the Keywords Everywhere extension. I use it almost daily in my search results. So uh, it's super cheap, um, even though they went to a paid, uh, um, a paid tool maybe a year and a half ago or so. I do use the Plepper Chrome extension. Um, I'll show you guys that in, in, uh, with one of my uh, kind of strategies I'll share with you today. And we use Page Optimizer Pro. I know Joe over at uh, uh, SEO Content Hero, he loves Surfer. They're both great tools. Um, I also like the SEM Rush add-on assistant uh, to Google Docs and then conversion.ai, which is now Jasper uh, instead of Jarvis. All right, so um, I'm not gonna go through this whole doc here. Um, I'm giving it to you guys so that you can actually read it, maybe pass it on to other staff members or team members that you have that are involved in writing and or the SEO process. All of our team members that are involved in writing and SEO We've gone through this together with them, and you know they they have to be up to up to up to uh, the date on what EAT is. But in short, EAT stands for expertise, authority, and trust. Okay, this is part of Google's algorithm, and it's also part of their rate uh, quality rater guidelines. So when there's a human rater that's going to go in and do any kind of evaluation, EAT is a, a core component of the overall rater guidelines that they're. Um, that they're instructed to evaluate for. So EAT really is, are the kind of the, the core elements of a quality page, all right? And so when Google is evaluating for quality on any given page on the internet, it's going to look for EAT signals, so to speak. Um, it's gonna look for the, uh, the elements or the signals of expertise, authority, and trust. And so in our content, we want to orient our content. We want our writers to orient towards these three elements and do as many things as we can or send as many signals as we can within the content to demonstrate these three elements. And that's kind of what I hate say right here. So when you write a piece of content, whether it's for your own agency or for your client's SEO campaign, you want to purposefully and intentionally structure your content in a way that demonstrates expertise to the relevant topic 
and the target keywords. You want to position the author. We're going to talk about that today. The author as an authority on the topic, which then creates and builds trust. All right. And then the more, if you use our, our Signal Genesis platform, our platform is going to take that content and automatically like 30 to 40 exit for you on super authoritative websites, which replace guest post blogging, manual link building, and all other sorts of drudgery that comes with an SEO campaign. Um, so how do we demonstrate EAT in our content? All right. And first of all, um, when a quality rater is going to rate a page, they're, they're, they're kind of tasked with three main things. Judge the quality of the web pages according to EAT. Make sure the mobile results are helpful. Make sure that, you know, because mobile is so relevant. And then check whether queries uh, in general show quality results. So they're going to look at the overall reputation of the author and the entity. So Google Eat has its roots in authorship. I mean, the middle word in Eat is authority, right? So authority is as its roots in authorship. And so the author of the article should be connected to the entity that you're trying to rank for the relevant keywords. And this author must be a person or an individual, okay? The author must be a person or an individual. Google wants to match the content as to an author and the author must be a person. You cannot fire off um, authorship schema without it being tied to a person, okay? Just an important, I wanna emphasize that and just pause there, okay? Google embraces schema fully. You cannot fire off authorship schema without it being tied to a person, okay? So understand what Google is looking for, okay? That's a requirement and Google is saying without a person being tied to this, you can't even really fire off authorship schema properly. So uh, I'm gonna, and I have a, a whole section down here at the bottom that where we go into a little bit authorship a little bit deeper. But um, so again, you, you have to tie content to an individual if you want to truly leverage eat and authorship to its fullest extent, okay? You have to tie a piece of content to an individual if you want to truly leverage that content to its maximum and get the full eat signals out of that content. If it's not tied to an individual, okay, Google's gonna know it's on this domain, it's gonna still benefit that domain, but you will not get the most out of that content if it's not tied to a person. All right, let's see here. And guys, again, if you have questions, uh, please throw them in chat. As we're talking here, if something triggers a, a question, put it right in chat so we can stop. I don't, that way I don't gotta talk for the full, uh, the full session here. Uh, Larry, did you have a question? Yeah, I was just gonna ask it over voice if that's cool. Um, yeah. I was curious about having multiple authors on the same, um on the same web page website authorship is that something that you recommend lane or i mean i know it's probably possible to do but or should it all really be going through one person so that one person gets like if they're the owner of the business for example um or one of the core officers in the business right um it's a really good so, yeah. question yep. the simple answer is the more the merrier all right you know google is looking for authority and the those those companies or entities that have more people involved right they're larger organizations that's that's just that's one signal of authority um, obviously if you have more staff members who have subject matter expertise then each of them should be writing on 
certain components of uh, of their of their role, right? And so um, the more the more the better because you'll you'll demonstrate breadth and scope to that company and that entity by having more authors assigned to it. Um, also, you know, if well, let's just take your niche, Larry, for example, with water and fire damage restoration within a, a ServPro franchise, you have subject matter experts. There's some that are in hazmat, some that are in fire, some that are in smoke, some that are in water. Uh, you know, not everyone is an expert in all of those components, right? And then you even have people on staff who are experts in sales. You have people who are experts in support and customer service. You know, if you think about the breadth of all the different types of topics and things that a company or entity could write about, around its entire business model, it's a lot more than just writing about water damage restoration, right? And so that's a really good question. And, and the answer is the more, the better. Thanks. Yeah, you bet. Um, it's important to understand YMYL, okay? Um, YMYL stands for your money, your life, all right? This is, a, this is also a subset of, of quality and eat and so for those of you who are servicing niches where you have, where you're in the financial sector, the healthcare sector, uh, news, and more, more, not really that probably for a niche, but civics, government, nonprofits, shopping, a lot of people are in the home services categories. Those are all YMYL categories. And so it's important for you to know that Google is placing extra scrutiny and, and auditing, for, um, auditing further for quality in many different data points or signal points for those businesses that are in the YMYL categories. If they affect somebody's money or their life, there's a greater effect or significance on their, uh, or potential um, impact on their life uh, uh, or their money um, as a result of that business and its interaction and, and the consumer's interaction with that business. And so YMYL categories have a, a higher level of scrutiny and so your Google My Business listings that uh, have a primary category of a YMYL type topic or category, you need to be extremely careful with that, those Google business listings. So when you have people going, hey, I'm getting a soft suspension, a hard suspension, I've been triggered for re-verification, um, Google is doing that more so in YMYL areas than, than not because of the impact on people's money and life, okay? So... It's just important to even understand that. So a lot of SEOs don't even understand that they have never even heard of YMYL. Like, what in the world is that acronym? What is EAT? You know, these are important things to understand because if you're in like a plumbing, a plumber, an HVAC category, uh, water damage restoration, financial services, healthcare, um, the the content that you write for those entities should be a, a demonstrate a higher level of eat as well because Google is actually looking for that, right? Because they're, they're a YMYL category. So just understand this category YMYL. Uh, you, there's, you can Google search it, do more uh, digging in it yourself if you'd like, but just be aware of it, okay? Um, let me just jump in here and see if we've got, uh, uh, Jay's asking for the, the name of our company. We have, uh, Signal Genesis, Jay, is um, the software. Oop, I missed the end of the end. And uh, Quantum Agency is our white label agency uh, as well. So that's the name of our two companies. Um, all right, so Justin, again, if you, if, you, uh, if you need to just call my attention to a question, just unmute yourself and let me know. 
Yeah, we did uh, have one question. Uh, you know, maybe you want to get into this just for a second, but somebody was asking a little bit about schema. We had some people helping out in the chat, but uh, if you want to add anything to that. Yep. So schema is basically the code snippets that Google, uh, Google that is in the code, in the HTML code, so to speak, that Google will crawl and see. Human eyes won't see schema, but schema is buried in the code. And um, I liken schema to be uh, the, the cheese to the, to the mice, to the mouse. Like Googlebot is the mouse and schema is the cheese that you leave along the maze to, to guide Google. I mean, schema literally is telling Google exactly what a page is about. So pages that don't have schema on it, it's left a little bit more to chance um, uh, for Google to read that content, um, whereas schema will tell Googlebot exactly what a page is about down to very granular types of information and data points. Uh, that's a really good question. Schema is one of the secrets to unlocking, uh, unlocking, um, on page, uh, taking it to the next level, if you will. Um, uh, our, so our software, Signal Genesis, is doing a lot with schema markup and injection on automation for our, our agency partners. Why? Because schema is complicated. And if you don't do it right, it either doesn't fire properly and it just won't, it's, it's not useful at all. Um, and then you're just wasting your time. So um, we literally have two developers on our staff that did a an at like a, a master's degree in schema um, uh, in learning schema and learning how to implement it properly through software execution. Um, and so we're doing a lot of that for our agencies who use the platform. But either way, whether you use our software or not, schema is something that you absolutely want to have involved in your SEO campaigns. Um, and uh, it is complicated. It's not necessarily easy. Um, so that's part of why we're, we've implemented it into our software is to make it easy. All right. Um, Optum, this is a great SOP for your writers. All right. So um, I, this, our writers have, have, have been given this SOP. This is how they are instructed to, to write. Um, our, our writers aren't the only ones involved in this SOP though. So our writers are not SEO experts. They're they're writing experts, um, but they're not like the the they're not like a, a, an SEO tech would have uh, more intimate knowledge of all the different things to do in here. So it's really a combination on our on our side at least uh, is a writer and an SEO tech will kind of take this SOP and produce a final piece of content that will generate 600 to 800 signals per uh, per article. Um, I'm not going to go through it all here for you because it is, you know, it, you'll, you'll all have this, but I'm going to just quick kind of go through the highlights in here. Number one, you have to get your research right. Okay. All intelligence that goes into a piece of content comes from the research. If you get the research wrong, the whole piece of content can be off base. So we don't really shortcut that process. And I really underline this 90% of your result of anything in SEO comes from the first 10% of the process in an SEO, that first 10% is your research. Don't sh shortcut the step. Every article of content should target one to two target keywords at most, all right? That means topically, you have one topic and the target keyword is gonna, is gonna determine what that topic is, but you don't wanna target three, four or five different types of keywords in one article. Pick one or two at the most and then um, include the semantically related keywords in the content. Um, 
we use SDM Rush to get that list of keywords. Um, uh, uh, Page Optimizer Pro and Surfer SEO are two other tools that will also give you those types of keywords. Our writers are instructed to get that list of semantically related keywords and then work them as many of them in as possible into the content because Google SEM Rush's tool will actually go and scrape all of the articles that are ranking on page one for your target keyword and then give you all of the related keywords that it's finding that are common on all the on all 10 pages. That's a really good insightful list. And then within a matter of a minute or two, uh, their tool you know, spits all that out for us so we don't have to go do all that work manually. Um, use the uh, use your H tags for your content to, to create sections in your content. So much like I have sections right here in my content here, which are really generated through H tags inside Google Docs, we also want to do that, you know, uh, in our live uh, content. So if we go into just, you know, any one of our articles here that our team has written, you'll see an H1 or an H2 tag. And then you'll see, see how we've, we've, we've created sections in this content. And then we discuss or answer the question or discuss what is tagged here as an H tag, H2 or H3. And then we have re related or relevant content. We have an H tag, and then we have related or relevant content, another H tag and more relevant, re relevant content, okay? So th that creates a couple of things. Number one, Google loves that because it's, 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 it really gives, it, it trains Googlebot to go through that section and look for the relevant content below. And then it sees another H tag and off it goes. It also makes it just for the reader, the user typically just makes it visually a little bit easier to digest the content because it's broken up a little bit more. So use your H tags in your content. Those are signals. Your H tags are signals on page signals to Google. All right. And when we're creating content, we want to create as many different types of signals for Googlebot as it crawls that, that content or page from north to south. Now, I've got a couple of things that have these four stars in them here throughout this, um, this SOP. These few items that are tagged with these stars are things you should pay extra attention to, okay? Um, so I just mentioned using section headings in your content, even better, use people also ask questions or people also search for questions in your section headings. So if my target keyword here for this one was white label website design, all right, I would just uh, search Google for that keyword. And then I would come down here and I would say, oh, all right, so here's my first people also ask question. I'm going to come in here. I'm going to copy that question, uh, that, that, um, that PAA uh, word for word. And then I'm going to come in here and I'm going to add that in as one of my H tags, okay? Um, so that's a really good, uh, a really good strategy is to use the, the people also ask questions literally word for word, a copy of them the way Google has them exactly in here, and then answer the question uh, below it in your content. You know, just make that an H tag and then answer the question. What are we doing there? Well, Google we know is going to crawl that page. Well, when it sees that question, I mean Google knows that's a direct people also ask question, so Google's going to love that. That's an extra signal. I assure you. This works very, very well when it comes to helping to rank content. So also when you put a PAA question there, you can also mark that up with, uh, with, with uh, FAQ schema. 
Um, Answer the Public is a really cool tool to give you a really good visual idea of all the different types of questions that are being asked around a given keyword. So that's a really great tool. You can link to that here. Um, let me check questions here. Yeah, only one that came in, uh, somebody was asking about contact information. And the other one was, uh, what tool do you recommend to implement schema on websites? Well, um, for the average user, probably your, um, your preferred um, SEO plugin. Uh, it's not the best. Those plugins, Rank Math, um, Yoast. I hate Yoast, but um, we use Rank Math Pro. Um, any of the other, other, any of the other major ones will all have some level of schema uh, functionality in them to, to inject or introduce schema into a page. Um, they are they are moderate at best in terms of execution, but that's a great way and an easy way to start without having to go and, and creating it um, in a custom manner. There are some tools out there you can even uh, research them. I don't get involved in that um, because. Signal Genesis is doing so much of that for us. Um, but when we are doing on page and it's not a Signal Genesis page, our team is generating it through, I don't even know which tool they use now, but there's a couple of different tools that uh, you can use to generate JSON um, schema. Um, and then that's injected into um, each page using um, header footer code uh, insert manager. So it's just a plugin that allows us to insert um, the schema directly into the header of that page. So that would be the best execution if you're not going to use one of your plugins to do it, um, is to use a, a JSON schema generation tool, generate the schema, copy the schema code, and then go put that into the header of that page using you know, one of the different types of plugins that can help you insert um, code into the header or the footer of, the, of, of any given page. That's a good, uh, good question, Roger. Um, all right. Uh, Number seven here. Um, so make your first link. Uh, it, this is a good, this is a, an SOP for any, whether you're using single Genesis or this is just a blog article for a client, whatever it might be, this is a good SOP. Make your first link and anchor text optimized do follow link to the, uh, the target asset that you want to rank, whether that's the GMB listing or a web page. If it's both, then one's got one, one of them's got to have the first do follow link. And then typically the last do follow, the last link in the article will be a do follow link as well. And then everything in between, we make a no follow link. So we typically use only two do follow links per article so that we're focusing um, our, where we're sending authority. Mind you that when you're, when you're using a do follow link, you are sending page rank or authority to the page that you're, rank, that you're linking to. So if you're doing a, a do follow link on your own uh, article, on an article on, its, on the, the target domain, oftentimes you want that link to go to another internal link, right? You don't wanna send authority out to, let's say a Wikipedia page, right? You don't, you don't, you don't need to send authority to Wikipedia. We wanna you know, link to Wikipedia, but not with a do follow link typically. So our do follow links should be focused on assets that we want to rank, or if we want to create good, um, good connections between two pages on our site, inner pages, right? But when we're using Signal Genesis, the first do follow link is going to typically go to the GMB listing, one of the other, other links of the GMB listing, or to a, an inner 
an inner page on the website. Now, when we're linking to the GMB listing, there are several different links that are potential for a GMB listing. Uh, let me go to our tab here. And this gets into the Plepper Chrome extension uh, that I mentioned earlier. And it also gets into um, the different types of links that we can use here. Um, and I'll kind of share with you a little bit about both. So what you see here that just loaded here is the Plepper Chrome extension tool. Um, that's running off of this Chrome extension here. Um, you can, it's free, it's a free tool. All I gotta go is plepper.com. The link is in the Google Doc, so don't worry about it. Um, and just sign up for a free, get a free account. And then you gotta generate your API keys um, in order to have the Chrome extension work properly. Once that's set up and done, then you never have to kind of fill it out again. When you load a GMB listing in, inside Maps, then the Plepper Chrome extension will load with all this different information that it finds about that GMB listing. Now, it's important to understand that um, not every GMB listing is going to have a place ID or a CID. Uh, that's up to Google. No one can force it. If it doesn't have a CID or a place ID, it just doesn't. Um, it may, Google may assign one later, but it may not. So just FYI on that. So if you're having, if you have one of those GMB listings where you're like, man, I can't find the place ID or man, I can't find the CID, it's likely because it just doesn't exist. So just understand that, that is a reality out there in the MAPS ecosystem. Now, going back here, when we're doing our do follow links, we're going to send a link, that do follow link, that's just gonna be anchor text optimized. Let's say water damage restoration was the key. We would hire, highlight water damage restoration and then link to one of these links. Now, the, there's a specific link to the CID link and the place ID link. Um, our Signal Genesis platform will actually give you the full URL link to these uh, unique links. Um, so if I go in here and I go into, uh, let's go to uh, content here real quick. And I go into an article here in step two, down here, you see these two links right here. If I click on it, it's copies it to my clipboard right now. I'm going to go over here and I'm going to, I'm going to just, you see that link here. It's got the CID and the number in it right there. Okay, now that is a very unique URL that Google will recognize. Now you watch when I hit enter that this URL is actually going to change and resolve to the full URL. It's like a redirect URL that Google sees. And, and that's a very unique signal that you can send to Google. <clears throat> and so we will use that Google CID link in our do follow links in, in our first link oftentimes. Not always because we're also going to use the place ID link. Uh, we'll also use the knowledge graph ID link. So let me get into this because this is one of the things that I've never taught before. I've mentioned it in one of our AMA sessions for Signal Genesis a few weeks ago, but most of you have probably never heard of the knowledge graph ID link. All right. The Plepper Chrome extension will give you this link. Uh, it's my new personal favorite to use. I don't always use it. We want to vary these links, but this knowledge graph ID link is very unique and very powerful. Now, when we load this GMB listing, you'll see down here, Google gives us this KGID. Uh, that is the knowledge graph ID link. If I click on this link, you will see that it 
it resolves to a very unique search engine result page with that unique knowledge graph ID, which is uniquely associated with this entity, okay? This knowledge graph ID is uniquely associated with this entity. It is not associated with anything else. So this knowledge graph SERP is a very specific search engine result page unique to the entity. And that KGID is one that we would recommend using at times in your linking strategy, especially with a good anchor text optimized uh, do follow link, okay? So you can use the Plepper Chrome extension to get that link but I would start adding the knowledge graph ID link into your linking strategy. Don't always use it, just you know, vary it in and use it in different places and in different ways, all right? Because it's a very powerful link um, that is similar, but even more powerful than the CID link. So uh, that was one thing I wanted to unveil to you guys today. Um, let's see here. We'll stop. Like there. I Give said, one, if that's useful, like, I, I mean, I know this is technical SEO stuff that not all of us are like this deep into the woods, but um, you know, this is, this is high level stuff that, you know, either you or somebody on your team, if they can wrap their hands around it can make a big, a big difference. So Lane, thanks for sharing and thanks for going deep and not just giving us like service level information. Yeah, you bet. You bet. I um, appreciate that. Um, uh, Aaron says, What's the recommended link substitute when PID, CID is missing? Um, the knowledge graph ID link, um, you, if it's got a GMB listing, it almost, it should have an, a KGID, okay? Um, so you should always have that. Uh, it's just that Plepper makes it really easy to get that link instead of having to go, you know, hunt it down with some other tool. Um, we are going to be incorporating some of this into Signal Genesis in the future, but this is the quickest way to get the link today. Um, the other one is obviously the share link. So you can click on that share button here, and then you can always use the share link that Google gives you as well. All right. That link will also resolve to the same long URL. You can see this, this URL is going to resolve twice. There it goes the second time. Okay. So these different links are just different ways, different signals to send to Google in your, in, as it sends, as you send Googlebot on a trail with a do follow link. Okay, um, uh, so we'll just to reiterate this one more time, um, when we're doing articles in Signal Genesis that are then going out to all the different news sites, okay, um, we are typically doing two do follow links. The first link and the last link are the do follows. Everything in between are no follows to relevant resources that are related to the topic at hand. Um, to create a more rich experience for the user and for Google. Just because we have no follow on it doesn't mean Google doesn't know exactly where that page goes, okay? So no follows are also very valuable in training Googlebot around content, about relevancy, about the topic at hand in your content. So don't underestimate the power of no follows as well. Um, that's really what number nine was all about. Number 10, another star here, include images in your article from a related or relevant GMB post. So, you know, if you're doing, um, SEO, typically you're, especially if you've got a GMB listing, you're hopefully doing some GMB posts as part of that overall SEO campaign. You'll see in here, we've got images, um, in here. All right. So if I right click on this image, 
Now, these are GMB posts, okay? These are not photos. Let me just explain, explain the difference because it, it, uh, um, it bears being, um, oops, I just lost my page. Stand by. Uh, it bears being repeated or kind of uh, distinguished here. When you have a Google business listing or Google business profile, um, there are photos that you, you, the owner or people in the public can upload to that listing, okay? I am not talking about these photos. These photos will not resolve in many browsers, um, especially if the clients or the end user is not signed into a Google account, all right? So just FYI on that. The, the images that we do use inside our articles to send more GMB signals are images from a GMB post. When you post to a GMB profile and include an image in that post, that image that's part of that post gets stored on a Google server. That image right here, if I hit copy, if I right click on it, I hit copy image address. If I come over here to a new tab and I, and I paste that, that image URL, you'll see here it's on a Google user content server. If I hit enter, that image will resolve right here. This is the image that I'm talking about using inside Signal Genesis or inside your blog article. If you're on a blog inside WordPress, you can do the same thing. You can insert an image from a URL instead of inserting an image from the media library. So when we're inside the, the Signal Genesis software inside of an article, I can come in here, I can center justify this, I can insert an image from that URL and I'm gonna insert that Google user content URL from my GMB post. I'll put my keywords here as well and I hit save. And now I've just brought that image into my content with that image URL, okay? What are we doing here with this? Well, we're firing off several different signals when Googlebot crawls this page. We're firing off an image signal. Google loves images. We know Google loves photos and images, all right? So an image signal. Uh, every image signal is a do follow link, all right? This image link, this image is coming from a URL. All right, even though that image is displaying as an image, it's still resolving from a URL and that actually ends up being a do follow image. So we're firing off another do follow link with that image. Um, and then um, you can actually link the image if you wanted to as well. We could come in here and then highlight that image and then go insert link and then link that to you know maybe the post, wherever we wanna link it. So you can, with one image, you can fire off several different signals, a GMB signal, an image signal, a do follow link signal, uh, and potentially a second do follow link signal all through that, all kind of through that one image, all right? Um, so don't underestimate the power of using images in your content. They also provide a good rich user experience, which is why Google loves images. So bring images into your content, but bring them in, not necessarily through the media library, but through GMB posts. Uh, another thing that our, another um, way that we're bringing images now is through, um, uh, through Twitter as well, because Twitter images have a lot of uh, authority as well. So if I go out to a tweet here, there's an image here. If I right click on this image and hit copy image address, and I come over here, You'll see that we've got a unique URL here that's coming off of Twitter's servers. And that is that image there. I can bring that same image right into Signal Genesis or a blog post for that matter uh, with a, a similar URL. It's just a, an image that's coming in from uh, Twitter's servers now instead of a GMB post. All right, Twitter's 
that Google loves these images. It knows it's related to a tweet. Twitter's got great authority. That's another a great source image for um, a source URL for, or source, I'm sorry, for your images. So don't underestimate. In fact, um, use images as much as you can and use images from these other powerful platforms to create um, a, a whole fiesta of signals that Google will love. Same thing uh, with videos. I'm not going to go into it, but use videos. Insert, you can insert in, inside Signal Genesis. You can come in here and insert media. And all you got to do is type, uh, put in a, a YouTube URL right here, and that'll bring in an image automatically uh, into the article. So um, let me get out of here so I don't save those, uh, those uh, uh, settings there. But use YouTube videos, please, uh, as much as you can. YouTube videos in the description. Um, let me go into a YouTube video here, just for example. So in your description, put in links, put in more signals inside your YouTube description, and then take that, that, that YouTube link and then insert that directly into an article in, in you know, in Signal Genesis. What you're going to do, Google loves videos, all right? I'm just, I don't think we got to spend much time on that. So um got some more questions here let me stop okay april's april's saying is everyone using twitter for clients we stopped using it not that it's much more work to use it as well um we're using twitter for every client campaign uh why are we doing that because twitter's platform has uh, you'll see tweets that rank on page one for different for different keywords. Um, Google loves Twitter. Um, and so, you know, we're using Twitter for SEO, not necessarily from a social engagement standpoint. Um, but um, we are using and we built an app channel inside Single Genesis for Twitter because of the how much authority you can leverage off of Twitter for SEO purposes. So. We're using Twitter to generate authoritative signals for an SEO standpoint, not so much for you know all the social benefits and because the brand wants to be you know really prominent on Twitter to communicate its message. We're using it you know really almost exclusively from an SEO standpoint. So, good question there. Um, the this last update that Google just got done rolling out in the local or the maps ecosystem, it was aptly named the proximity update that ran from like November, mid-November to mid-December is when that that um, uh, that update was rolling out. It finished rolling out um, in mid-December. Um, proximity is very, very important in the overall um, game of ranking a, a Google business listing. So it, to that end, you want to send as many um, proximity um, and local uh, relevance signals to Google as you can in your content. So add city names, add zip codes, use hashtag, use uh, zip codes as hashtags or city names as hashtags in your content. Uh, those are just ways to kind of tell Google, send a little Google signal, hey, this content's about the zip code or this city or that city or what have you. So Look for ways to send signals to Google around proximity and local relevance, because it's just even more important today than it was, you know, uh, before the last update. Um, this is just an overall. I'll kind of um, I'll kind of move on to the next step here once we I make this point. Um, 
SEOs that have been in the game for a long time typically think in terms of on page and off page. And and on page is on page. We all know that's just kind of they, and I think I all assume it's just it's on page is just what's on your 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 website. On page is any page that's on the internet around a specific entity. All right. It your your Facebook page is an on page, you know, something you should consider with on page, you know, your Reddit account, any page that, you know, so on page is more broad than just what's on your website, number one. Um, number two, off page has a lot more to do than just with backlinking. All right. Most a lot of older SEOs think of off pages, you know, backlinks. Our whole platform was built off of the concept of signals, not just on page, off page, or not just backlinking. So when you think in terms of signals and you look at all the different things that you can do to send a signal to Googlebot when it crawls a page of content, you start to open up a lot more, your, your brain to a lot more strategies and ideas um, instead of thinking so narrowly. So just, this is more kind of a expand your thinking and look for different ways to send signals because everything we do online, as long as it's gonna get indexed, as long as Google's aware of it, um, we'll send signals to Google. So there's different things there. I'm not gonna go through this section at all, but it is in here. So for those of you who um, have, or have or use Signal Genesis, there, this, some of you may already be familiar with this, but if you're not, this is really kind of a very short 10 step SOP on how to rank just about anything you want with our platform. Again, it's not like a magic button. You still have to think, there still has to be strategy, there still has to be execution and repetition but the platform will make it significantly easier, more efficient and probably cheaper as well. Um, but there are basically 10 steps and uh, corresponding tutorial videos to walk you through that process. Um, there are, there's a three-part case study video series here that's on YouTube that just basically solidifies that this recipe here works. I just, try, I just did this case study last year uh, I ranked our one of our pages for a global keyword in under 70 days on a page that didn't exist on day zero. So a brand new page and I got it ranking and I show you how I did that. And I am just really executing these 10 steps, but I show you in detail how I did that. All right, I'm gonna finish with this section here and then we'll wrap it up unless we have questions. Authorship and eat, like I said, are tied together. So let's talk about authorship and unpack this a little bit, all right? Um, I said this and I'm just, we kind of go right into this authorship is tied to a person is tied to people. All right. There are types, there are basically two types of, of people you have at any given company, you have your staff and your vendors, or you have your employees and your vendors. Okay. And so, um, you have also, you have professionals. So you have, that's another type, if you will, of people, we have doctors, dentists, lawyers, there's schemas specifically for professionals. So we want to identify what type of person are we going to set up as an author, all right? Are they just a team member, an employee? Are they, is it a vendor? Uh, or are we a, a specific professional? Now, oftentimes when we're setting up an authorship profile, um, let's just say, you know, we have a lot of people who have common names. We have, you know, Pam Smith, all right? Let's say Pam Smith is the owner of, um, you know, a serve pro franchise, and we want to set her up as an author. Well, there's, you know, thousands of Pam Smiths out there. So one of the best ways to immediately set the author apart from all the other Pam Smiths, and even if it's the real Pam Smith, 
and you want to set up a unique authorship profile, which I'll get into why you might do that in a second. We want to use unique identifiers tied to that person's name to immediately set them apart, which also then makes the whole branded pro all the branded profiles almost immediately available. How do we do that? We append a three letter abbreviation or unique identifier onto their name. So if they have like PhD, well, that makes it easy. Pam Smith, PhD. It's very likely that Pam Smith, PhD is available in Reddit and in Tumblr and in Twitter and all these other profiles versus just trying to get Pam Smith or Pamela Smith, right? So appending a three, a, a unique three letter abbreviation onto the end of their name will allow you to then very quickly and more simply and easily find um, uh, profiles that are all available for them, right? Because we don't want to get Pam Smith, PhD, and then Pamela Smith, and then Pamela Smith, PhD, and have all these different profiles that are not alike, right? We want to make Google, uh, make it easy on Google to identify who this individual is and all of their different profiles um, uniquely branded to them. What we did in one case um, is we, um, for a, a client that were, was a, 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 a executive consulting client, um, some of them had a, a very similar or common names. And so what we did is we just appended comma CSS onto the end of their name for C-suite solutions. That was the name of their company. Um, and so what every executive had their name comma CSS, their name comma CSS, and that was just the three-digit abbreviation that we added onto the end of their name so that all of their profiles were immediately available from a brand standpoint. And that way, we could also attribute everything that we did for them to those profiles. And that way, they know, hey, that was our work that was being done that was building up their authorship profile and their authority and not something else. So when you go to set up authorship profiles, these are some of the platforms that you'd like to you know, potentially set the author up on. So LinkedIn is probably number one because Google likes to recognize individuals to their LinkedIn profile. You see that represented in Google search results all the time. You Google, Google search somebody's name, you're going to find their LinkedIn profile almost invariably on page one um, if, if it's at all possible. Facebook, Twitter, Reddit, Instagram, Pinterest, Quora, Medium, Substack, um, any place where you can you know, author content. Um, and associated with an author, a unique individual will be, uh, will be preferable. Um, once you set these profiles up around an individual, um, then you can link them together using different services like about.me or Linktree. Um, I've tied mine together in uh, using those, those services. Um, and then once you have these profiles set up, you can also set up authorship and link it to that person to a WordPress site so the way you do that is, is, is unique with WordPress. You have to go to gravatar.com and set up a, a profile there first, all right? Because WordPress, even on the hosted version, you know, on the, on the ones that we use as agencies for all of our client sites, they still use the gravatar.com and they link that with the, email, the associated email. So when you build a, a profile on gravatar.com, make sure you're using the same email that's associated with all of these profiles as well. Um, and then you, once you have the profile completed on Gravatar, um, then you go to your WordPress site, set up a new user and use that same email that you just used on Gravatar and Google will associate, I'm sorry, WordPress will associate that Gravatar profile 
as the user account on WordPress. And then you want to then make sure your content on the website's assigned to that user profile. And then boom, now that content, when it's assigned to that user, is going to be linked to that user or authorship profile on Gravatar. And then obviously you have a lot of these same links in here on your Gravatar authorship profile. And now we're making it a lot easier for Google to say, ah, we've got a unique author over here. Oh, it's got all these, that person's got all these different profiles over here. Great. Oh, this is linked together over here. Oh, there's a user linked on this WordPress site. Oh, there's content being authored by that person. We're creating a footprint and signals around an individual now. And that's how we leverage authorship. If you don't have it tied to a person, you're never going to leverage the true power of each because it's if you don't you can't have authorship without it being tied to a person. So it's just important to understand that as much as much as we may have a lot of content being generated around a site, if it ultimately doesn't have an individual tied to that site, where there's a gap there in our strategy, right? And so you may not decide to do this for every single SEO campaign because there's this is more involved. But for those of you that have campaigns that are a little stuck or just you know are more competitive, this is the secret sauce to unlocking more power in that campaign and un unstucking some of your campaigns. Um, so this relates to the way if we go all the way up here, this relates to the top two here, quality and authority. We really can't build the authority that we're looking for if we're not, if we don't have authors, individuals tied to that entity. Okay. And so just understand that there's a gap in authority if we don't tie the entity to at least one individual and to Larry's question earlier, the more, the better. All right, um, I think that's pretty much it guys, as far as this, I did, oh, um, we won't, we can discuss if there's questions around this, but these are things that you might wanna consider as an agency around authorship. Number one, who wants to own or control these profiles, okay? If you're gonna go and you're gonna set these up as part of your SEO campaign, are you, the agency, going to set them up and kind of own and control them? Are you going to advise the client, of the, 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 the business or entity owner about this? And are they going to own it? Or is ultimately the staff member going to own these? Okay, now that gets into question three. What happens if a staff member or employee leaves or is fired? If we've built all these authorship profiles around an individual and then they're later fired, well, number one, who owns and controls those profiles? You know, number two, you know, what are we going to do now that they're gone? Um, which leads to um, the issue of do we want to build authorship profiles for our, our client companies or uh, clients, but do it under aliases, just build pen names, build three authors that are pen name one, pen name two, pen name three, then they're always, you know, there, you never have to worry about turnover because they're pen names. If you're going to do that, though, you're going to have to really build a solid authorship profile on them because they're they're not going to have some of the points of connectivity and and verification or validation that Google will have around a real person who's got a real footprint in the you know in the online ecosystem. So these are just considerations to think about if you're going to look at authorship and building this out for your client campaigns. And then lastly, there's just some additional resources in here. Um, this one is the slide deck that, I'm, that I've got here for you guys. So 
There's a link to that brandable slide deck. And then a couple of weeks ago, I did one of our AMA sessions and I went through that slide deck and how, to, how I used to present SEO and manage web presence to a, a, a business prospect, how I introduced digital PR um, to them or explain digital PR um, and how that works, uh, how that weaves, how our media rooms kind of weave into that strategy and why we're doing digital PR because it's, you know, we're, we're helping them with authority and trust and, and all that. So I went through that presentation, this whole slide deck many weeks ago. Um, and I have the recording to that in here in this resource as well. Um, and then there's just some examples and hot links out to other, um, uh, other assets that our single genesis software generates when you're, you know, when you're an agency using this for client campaigns. All right. I am done. We've got some other questions in here and we can finish up with that. How are we doing on time? Are we great, stuff, great stuff, Lynn. I think, you know, we've got as much time as you've got availability and we've got, you know, 50 or so of the members on here. So guys, if you have specific questions, open it up. Lane, are, how are you doing on time? Do you have to hop off? Yeah, no, I'm good. Okay. This we, is great stuff. I'm curious. Give me a one in the chat. If like you feel like you'll be able to take this document and bring it back to the team and implement at least a couple things to move the needle. 100%. Lane, thanks so much for putting this together and sharing it. Uh, yeah, you bet. In fact, I'm going to go ahead and um, get this link into um, to everybody right now. Oops, I'm going to copy the link here. Sorry. Um, guys, also, when I give you this link, I, I, you shouldn't be able to edit this, but you can go and make a file, make a copy. And then if you want to edit it or you know mark it up and then give it to your team, by all means, do that. Okay, so um, keep, I'm dropping this in the chat now for everybody. There's the uh, the Google Doc that we've been going through, guys and gals. All right, so some questions here. Um, I'm scrolling up here, Justin, you can help me out too if you want. Yeah, yep, I got you. There's one here from Don. He said, uh, "What if they already have some profile?" profiles themselves and they are not named properly most already have the big players personal profiles you know etc linkedin facebook but you know what if what if they're not named properly yeah that's kind of a uh, i mean that's a good question uh it's a nuance yeah, don and i would just say use your best judgment uh, you know if if the client really really wants to use their profile you know, no, yeah let me finish the sentence if if the client really wants to use those profiles then you know uh, and they're and they're active in them, then that's probably going to be better because those profiles will have more authority. There'll be more validation there uh, tied to their name. If they're just there and they don't really exist, uh, or they don't do much with them, then I'd say it's probably a toss up. Um, and you know what I was going to say then was there's a there's a lot of clients it seems like that just don't want to have their names on anything kind of publicly. There's just you know a fair amount of company owners that just go we don't want our name out there and that's why the the th that's fine then we just build an alias or we build three aliases for you as a company owner and they're you know we can make them John Smith, Pam Smith and you know Dick Smith whatever. I mean it doesn't really matter. We can just we can create some aliases or pen names for staff members at the um, at the company who are going to be our designated authors if we're going to uh, embark on a true authorship setup. So good question. And then we have a, a two-part question from Aaron. So I'm just going to let him unmute and ask that question. So good, Aaron. Thanks, Justin. Hey, Lane, thanks mm -hmm. for the awesome explanations in the documents. They're super cool. 
Hey, so, a uh, quick question, and if I explain this wrong, please, I'll, I'll explain it again. Just help me, help me get through it. So, right. on the authorship, is what you're describing, the process you're breaking down right now, is the functionality the same as what I'm used to doing where I'm trying to get NAP citation signals for a GMB? I'm trying to direct basically a perfect name match of wherever I find that username on a social platform or the name itself anywhere else to get them back to, say, my agency's podcast or my agency's book listing on Amazon, trying to drive people to that branded author, and they end up finding our lead magnets, which is a signal I take it to our agency, then they get to our website, then we book an appointment, have a conversation. Is that what this is like? Is that the purpose? Maybe a little, but okay. it's definitely different too. Okay. Um, Google truly wants to identify people at a company. Okay. That's why company or um, sites like indeed.com, uh, I'm sorry, glassdoor.com have exploded. And if you, um, if you do a branded company search for a lot of company names, you'll see Glassdoor on page one, right? For that company. Why? Because Google is matching people, constantly matching people to companies. And it wants to do that because those are signals of authority. The more employees at a company, isn't that, wouldn't we all agree that's a signal of at least a signal of authority? I mean, if you've got a company A that's got 10 employees and you've got company B that's got one employee, you've got company C that's got 100 employees, all other things being equal, which one is uh, more of an authority in the space, right? Yeah. So, um, plus, Google truly is trying to if constantly fight spam and, and fake fakeness in its ecosystem, right? Because it's, it, 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 it undermines their search results. And so when it can, it's constantly trying to really validate people. I mean, Google contacts, I'm just going to throw it out there. All right. They're trying to validate people. All right. And they're opening up free functionality to go ahead and upload all your contacts. All right. Well, I, Android phones, when you make a phone call to a contact, what do you think that is? That's a signal. Got it. There, you're validating something there, right? When you, make a, when you make a phone call on an Android phone to a contact that's in Google Contacts, um, there, are, there are umpteen ways that Google is trying to identify and validate real people versus fake people. Um, and... Um, fake entities versus real entities. This, you know, this whole last al algorithm update was really focused on fighting a bunch of, you know, map spam, you know, and they, the, many of the, the many of the last algorithm updates inside the map ecosystem is designed to just ferret out all the fake entities there, right? And so fakeness is a big part of Google's um, battle and individual validation is a really key, a big key component to unlocking the power there. Awesome, Lane. Then let me get my second part out real quick and I'll give everybody else yep. the time. So in what you just said and building on your example earlier, if I have two owners in my agency, myself and another, does it benefit us to have equal amounts of production of this type of content for each person or should we focus on one owner and make that the true authority for this business? That's a good question. I, I, my, I don't have this, I don't have that tested out, you know, so I couldn't give you like a definitive, Hey, this is what we've tested. And this is what sure. my, my gut on that says, the more people, the better. Yeah. And then give them unique subject matter expertise or let them talk about different topics or, you know, even though they both, they both, or, you know, uh, your agency may have 
four or five or six different area, major areas of, you know, topical relevance. You know, if you have two authors there, let them each share, take three, you know, and got it. Um, I think the more authors, the more people, it kind of goes to Larry's question earlier, the more people you have tied to an entity, the better. And the more of them that are actually validated as authors and are producing content, the better. Awesome. Thanks, Lane. Yeah, you bet. Good questions, too. Those are awesome. Um, Don says, so if we're creating aliases, how do we make those alias personal profiles active consistently, or is that not as necessary? Uh, good question, Don. Um, what I would do to make them active and to try and create efficiencies is use a service like IFTTT, maybe Zapier, but IFTTT probably better in this instance, and connect those profiles together and make like the, the Twitter account or the blog RSS feed or the Reddit account, one of them, the trigger account. So that when the content goes to say Reddit, from there, IFTTT takes over and automatically posts it to all the other profiles for you. All right, and if you don't know what I'm talking about there, hang on, I'll put it in here. Okay, um, and that way, um, that way, number one, you're creating, you're using technology and automation to to do some of that extra work for you. So you don't have to go and manually post it to each of those profiles. You just post it to one, and then the rest of it, then IFTTT takes over. Um, so that's how I would, uh, and yes, I would try and consistently populate those profiles with you know new content, even if they're just little snippets here, little snippets there. You know, like it's a real person. You know, um, not, you know, we don't always communicate in a thousand words of content. Sometimes it's, you know, 20 words of content. Sometimes it's a hundred, some, you know, sometimes it's just an image or a video sometimes. So, the, the, you know, especially if you're using alias personal profiles to Don's question, we have to make these look as real as we possibly can, because Google is really, really good at ferreting out, you know, fake profiles versus, now it's totally legitimate to have pen names. I mean, you can be a Hollywood actress and have a pen name. You can be, you know, a police officer and have an alias because you, you have, you, you, so aliases are completely legal. They're above board, they're ethical. The only time they become unethical or illegal is when you try to use that alias to go commit fraud, all right? So, you know, this, we're not committing fraud here. Um, we're, we're just generating great content on behalf of clients. Um, so pen, pen names or per, aliases are perfectly ethical and legal. Um, and it's a great um, alternative when you have a company or a company owners or stakeholders that do not want their names out there publicly. All right, uh, we, I think we ran out of questions. So unless somebody else has either more questions uh, that you wanna put in chat or you wanna unmute yourself and come in. Um, I uh, Lane, there, there was one more about uh, you referenced AMA a number of times. Is this accessible for Signal Genesis customers? Yeah, so good question here. So in the resources here, I put our YouTube channel in here, um, which if you go to our YouTube channel, if you go to playlists and you go to our AMA video cast, if you, uh, that is a playlist. Now you have to go to the playlist and view the playlist because I have all of these sessions unlisted. I don't want them indexed by Google and out there public. So these video casts are in the playlist. You can go and grab them all there. I started doing them last September, I believe, or last August was the first one. 
Um, I've been doing them pretty much every week and I continue to do them every week. So every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Um, uh, Eastern time, I do that AMA session, Ask Me Anything. Uh, you don't have to be a Signal Genesis user uh, to come into those AMA sessions. And um, they, I'll drop the, the uh, registration for you guys into that too, real quick, just so you have it. But uh, if you're in our Facebook group, the, you can register for those sessions here. And I will drop that link in the chat. And then just, yeah, feel free to, to come in. Those are asking me anything. So anything that you have related to SEO campaigns or, oop, that was that, that link won't work. Um, the, uh, let me get that link again here for you guys. But anyway, yeah, register if you want. I do those um, every Wednesday okay. at 10 a.m. And the, the recordings of past sessions are in our YouTube playlist. There's that registration link. Josh, I like I think, go ahead. Yeah, good. I was going to say, there's no more questions in the chat. So unless anybody else wants to drop one or unmute real quick, I think, I think we're at a good spot. Yeah, Lane, great stuff, man. Really appreciate you coming on and sharing. This document is a wealth of knowledge. Um, guys, if you're not using Signal Genesis and you've got an in-house SEO process, you should really think about it. I mean, this is really something we do with every client every month. And it, it absolutely shows in terms of the signals that fire, the activity you can show the client, the ranking results. Um, and a couple of you have mentioned, well, I don't want to deal with this stuff. So I just hire, hire Lane and his team to do it. That's a great option as well. Like if you want to white label this and not get involved, but still know you're going to get a world-class um, SEO service, uh, definitely consider these guys for, um, you know, for white label SEO work. Yeah, white label SEO work is quantumagency.io, quantumagency.io. That's full, you know, full service white label fulfillment for those who have their own, um, their own SEO team and want to do their own fulfillment. Our software is a fantastic um, solution to help make it easier, more efficient, uh, probably more cost effective. We even have a no cost access uh, plan, so you can come in here and go to the grow. That there's actually a link to it in the Google Doc as well, but. So for those who want to, you know, at least get, you know, even check out the software, there's, we have a free access plan to get in and get started. Um, so, yeah, there's uh, no reason for us not to work together. I'm glad you guys uh, got some value out of today. Josh, thanks again for having me on. Appreciate it. Um, I'm done. If you guys have anything else. Great stuff, man. Have a great afternoon, everybody. And uh, we'll see you again soon. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for your time and attention today. Take care. Thanks, Lane. Thanks, Justin. Thanks, Josh.